What's up, Dream Warriors? Welcome back to another episode of a podcast on Elm Street. I'm Mark. And I'm Brooke. And this week, we're coming at you guys with part two of our 10th face-off, Brooke's favorite horror movie. Yeah. It's been a long time coming. Yes, it has. But we so are excited for it. Finally talking about American Psycho from 2000. Yep. Yep. How stoked are you to talk about this movie? Dude, I'm so stoked. I, <laughs> I watched it last night and then just watching it, I was like, that I'm so excited to talk about this movie. Yeah, I am too. I think it's going to be a fun discussion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, what, when was the, well, I guess maybe we can talk about this once we kind of get into the episode, get your feelings around the movie and like, what sparked your love for it and stuff okay. like that sure but yeah we'll talk about it after yeah um but before we dive into this incredible movie what have you been watching this week so this week uh we actually just uh have a new kind of thing we're doing so uh we are going to share my letterbox with you guys mm-hmm. this was so you can see what i watched and read it here we go all right so i think i mentioned the incredibles last time maybe yeah i think so yeah uh we finished the girl from plainville didn't like it i thought it was bad uh (laughs) the writing and the um like just the way they decided to do it just was terrible like Mm. uh, the acting was good but yeah uh watch nope in theaters i I liked it. I thought it was good. Um, it's definitely not what I was expecting. More of like a spectacle. And from the interviews I've heard from Jordan Peele, that's what he was going for. And like it is like definitely watching the theater. It's uh, it's good. It's it's pretty long. It almost feels like two movies and like the other part of it, I didn't really understand. So maybe on a second watch, might understand it more. Hmm. Um, How long is it? It's like. I think it was like two, two and a half hours, I think. Oh, shit. Or 2.15, something like that. Okay. But yeah. Uh, randomly watched West Side Story. <laughs> I, I don't know, I was on Crave and I saw that. And I was like, I've never watched the original. It's a Steven Spielberg movie. I know I've heard like pretty good things about it. So I threw it on. Uh, it's very long. It's like two and a half hours as well. I liked it. It was good. It wasn't my favorite musical. Mm. um but i like the love story between the two kind of very romeo and juliet okay nice yeah i watched the gray man uh came out on on the weekend Mm. um ryan gosling and chris evans uh i thought it was okay it is getting shit on pretty hard um it's just like an action movie that like every other action movie has done like there's nothing new about it okay and they actually just announced that they're doing a sequel and a spinoff series. So I guess the Russo brothers are turning this into a franchise. So I saw that Netflix is picking it up. Yeah. I, I don't know. Man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then I went to the movies and watched Top Gun Maverick. Uh, it was amazing. It's my favorite movie of the year so far. Nice. Honestly, like I'm so glad I went to the theaters to watch it because like you feel like you're in the cockpit with them Mm. and like reading the trivia like all the actors did their own makeup lighting 
everything in the cockpit. And Tom wow. Cruise even did a uh, like an hour long course on that. And like there was very little CGI. There's a scene where like Tom Cruise is going like Mach nine. Like it's it's insane. It's just crazy. And he's actually in the fucking yeah. All, him and all the actors, they're all doing this shit. That's fucking nuts. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. Uh, then I watched uh, This Is Gore. <laughs> it's a um, documentary on Shudder. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did add it to my 22 list because it has that. So I was, I don't oh, know. Yeah. But uh, so was the black phone. So, mm-hmm. but anyway, um, I liked it. It was pretty good. It's kind of cool to see uh, like everything behind the band and everything that they went through. Um, I like Gore. Don't listen to them like a lot. Like I would love to go see them play. Yeah. Uh, they are coming to Toronto in like November, but it's like a Tuesday. So it's like, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. You got to book a couple days off for that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it was pretty good. It was uh, about an hour and a half. So probably worth checking out. What? But isn't it like two and a half? The documentary? Yeah. I don't think it was that long. Oh, I th- Maybe could- two hours. I'm halfway through it and I could have swore it said like 152 minutes. Oh, I don't think it was that long. Oh, okay. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> I watched the uh, Dark Knight trilogy. So I just bought the uh, 4K release oh, yeah. of the whole uh, trilogy. So that's right, you bought that. Um, <clears throat> the Dark Knight, I've I've watched many a times over the years, but like the other ones, the Batman Begins and Dark Knight Rises, I only watched maybe two or three times each. Yeah. Uh, Batman Begins, I really like. Uh, Dark Knight Rises, not so much. Um, I have a review on it, but I'll save those thoughts for something coming later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I watched, if you haven't noticed, I watched a lot of movies this week. So I, I fucking see that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I watched a new Shutter movie called The Long Night. It has Josh, one of Josh's favorite actresses, uh, Scout Taylor Compton. Yeah. Uh, I think that's how you say her name. Um, it was. I did not like it, as you can see, a half star. I <laughs> thought the acting was god awful. The story made no sense. It was boring as hell. It was just not good. So I should run and watch it as fast as I can. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> um, and lastly, I watched a movie called Mosquito. It's uh, on Netflix or on Shutter. Um, I really liked it. It was a fun '90s movie. It has Gunnar Hansen in it. Oh, nice. And there is a chainsaw scene, chainsaw <laughs> scene in it. Kind of like a throwback. Yeah. Um, the practical effects were good. Like there's some like weird CGI in it. But yeah. uh, for the most part, it is a fun movie, man. I had a good time with it. Nice. So. Yeah, that's uh, that's all I watched this week. So, yeah. That's all I watched this week. Yeah. Like yeah. it's not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what about you? Uh, you were very busy. Um, let me pull mine up here. Do, do, go to my diary. So, oh, and for I, anyone wondering, also, sorry to cut you off. This mm-hmm. is our Letterbox account. So, yeah, uh, give us a follow if, uh, if you're not on Letterbox already. Uh, it's an amazing platform. Yes, agreed. Absolutely. Um, as you can see, I watched a lot less than you did. <laughs> yeah um 
<clears throat> I can't remember if I talked about cars last episode, but uh, uh, we talked about it. I think in the group chat. I think right. I knew that there was a conversation somewhere. Yeah. Um. Oh, we were talking with Dennis about it actually. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so I watched that as part of my Pixar rewatch and ranking. Mm-hmm. Um, finally made my list on Letterboxd for that. Uh, I don't want to say it's my least favorite, but it's definitely down there it's not one of my favorites in the pixar movies yeah i agree with that it's kind of like middle of the pack Mm -hmm. yeah um i'm still plowing through the texas chainsaw massacre movies so i finally watched it letterbox has it called the return of the texas chainsaw massacre but it's actually uh the next generation i think is what it's called Uh, okay is Um, it like the like the fifth fourth uh, or fifth the fourth one oh, okay but it has it's the one with matthew mcconaughey and uh renee zellweger oh wow i didn't even know they were in a texas movie yeah um <laughs> whenever i listened to mcconaughey's audiobook he mentioned getting the role for this one it was it was kind of a cool story but the movie is not that great uh i i mean i had a fun enough time with it but yes yeah. it's, it's definitely not going to be at the top of my list for that franchise <clears throat> Um, I finally watched the black phone. Nice. I uh, nice. finished it like five minutes before we started recording. Oh, that's the movie you were watching. I thought it was the Incredibles. No, no, I didn't see the black. Okay. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, fucking love this movie, man. Yeah. It's not my favorite of the year, but it's, it's top three right now. I think. Yeah. Um, such a good movie. Ethan Hawke that like everybody talks about how good of a job Ethan Hawke did. And yeah, I can mirror those thoughts for sure. Uh, he's like underneath that mask, like the way his voice changes and stuff. It's fucking yeah. so good. Yeah. And like the mask changes as well. Like there's yeah. different parts that come off and stuff. Yeah. And like he can change the bottom part for like whatever mood he's in. So if he's pissed off, it's got like a scowling look. And yeah. if, he's, if he's like in his, happy psychotic mood then he's got the big smile on um but yeah it was really good the little girl in it reminded me of the girl from psycho gorman too dude that's all i could picture when i was watching it i was yeah. like man i wish they cast that girl but this girl did such a good job she like, was I really can't even good. be mad yeah yeah like there was a scene when she's talking to her dad and her dad's talking about like the way that her mom was yeah and like the emotion that was on her face. I was like, this little girl is such a good actress. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought too. Yeah. And when she was praying to Jesus and she's like, what the fuck Jesus, what the actual fuck. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I laughed so hard at that scene. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Great movie. If you haven't watched it, definitely check it out. Yeah. Um, And lastly, I watched the Incredibles. I watched that last night. Um, it's obviously as part of the Pixar rewatch. Yeah. I love this movie, man. Yeah, it's good. It's so well done. Yeah. It, uh, I don't think it's going to, well, I know it's not going to be at the top of my list, but it's up there. Pretty close. Yeah. Great Pixar movie. Yeah. And that's it. That's it. Nice. So yeah, I wasn't overly busy on the, on the watching this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, started playing Stray. Nice. The new new game that just came out. Yeah, everyone's um, playing that game. It seems. Yeah, it's fun. It's a yeah. fun little platformer game. He plays a cat in a post-apocalyptic world. A bunch of yeah. robots roaming around and stuff. But yeah, it's fun. 
All right, man. I think it's time. Definitely time. You're you're getting antsy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's cue the theme music and dive in. Like we said in the intro this week, we are talking about American Psycho from the year 2000. This is part two of our 10th villain face-off. At the end of this episode, we're going to see who comes up victorious between Patrick Bateman and Henry Lee Lucas from Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Before we hop into the movie, what are you drinking? So I'm drinking a beer that is very fitting for the podcast okay in general uh it's a collective arts audio visual logger oh very nice yeah Mm. getting the best of both worlds yep Mm, that's good what you drinking i'm drinking a mango mai tai bud light seltzer oh i don't think i've had that one I bought these because they're right at the front of the liquor store and I got them before ball one night and I was in a rush (laughs) and they're not that great. I'm not a huge fan of them. Oh, really? I don't know. They're too sweet. Yeah. But this one's okay. The other Bud Light ones I got were pretty good, but I don't think I've tried that pack. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like their summer variety pack or something Mm -hmm. like that. Not terrible, just not as good as the other stuff. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Starting off with the synopsis. A wealthy New York City investment banking executive, Patrick Bateman, hides his alternate psychopathic ego from his co-workers and friends as he delves deeper into his violent hedonistic fantasies. Or does he? Or does he? I don't know. Synopsis wraps up the movie pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um if not giving too much away. Uh, This movie was directed by Mary Heron, who has also directed the expecting Charlie says Elias grace or alias grace and the moth diaries. Mm. Um, I was a little surprised to like, I've known that she's directed it for a while now, but like, I remember being surprised whenever I first found out that a woman directed this movie. Yeah. I just, think everyone has that initial yeah. go, shit just because like the nature of this movie, especially the book too, mm-hmm. um, the very violent towards women. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's definitely surprising. And I think in a sense, like it's, it's kind of a good thing that a female directed it because we're getting the female perspective on um like chauvinistic and egotistical male personas mm-hmm. um so i mean it's yeah it's definitely not a bad thing that there's a female director it's just a little surprising that's all yeah 
Um, before we go any further, though, I had plans on reading the book and finishing it before we got to the movie <laughs> discussion. Yeah. Um, that didn't work out. Yeah. I'm only like 30 pages into it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Our weekend was way too busy and I just had zero time to read it. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to like I've started it, so I'm, I'm definitely going to finish it. Uh, and maybe I can touch back once we uh, or once I finish it. Yeah, for sure. Because I do really want to see the differences. You've talked about the book before, and yeah. I'm sure you'll talk about it during this episode. So yeah, a little wanna... bit. Yeah, I don't want to say too much about the book because you haven't read it yet. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I know it's a significant, significantly more violent, I guess, than the movie and detailed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, the cast list. Starting off, we have Christian Bale, who plays Patrick Bateman. Uh. He's obviously known for the Dark Knight trilogy. He plays Batman. Um, he is in The Machinist, Ring of Fire, The Fighter, and Thor, Love and Thunder. It's kind of crazy that like this movie kind of skyrocketed him into uh, stardom. Yeah. Like from all the trivia I've read on this like movie, everybody told him not to take this movie. Mm-hmm. And he did. Because he wanted to prove everyone wrong. Yeah. They told him that this movie would put his career in the toilet. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ewan McGregor actually almost got the part. Yeah. But he called Ewan and said, don't, don't take it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want it. Yeah. I want it. I, I love that so much because like Ewan McGregor in this role is not good. I can't picture him in this role. Yeah, but could you have pictured Christian Bale? Yeah, I mean, because Christian Bale, like, he has, like, those strong, sharp features. Mm -hmm. He gets super dedicated in his roles. Like, look at his weight fluctuation between all of his movie roles. And, like, you know that he's going to fucking give it his all. But, I mean, like, just going into this movie, like, let's see what he was... Yeah. Not not much. No, no, not at all. I think this is his first leading role. Yeah, I think so. Like, yeah, he was in. He did Thomas's voice on Pocahontas. He was on in Little Women. I'm guessing as like a not a you know big character. Mm-hmm. A lot of random movies like. He was also in Shaft, which came out the same year as this, which I had no idea he was in. Me either. Um, but yeah, going up to this, like he wasn't really Empire of the Sun. I mean, that's a pretty big movie, but I don't think he mm-hmm. played a big part of it. But yeah, like this, no one knew who he was. So I guess, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, he gave it his all for sure. Mm-hmm. And I guess, uh, so he showed up to his audition and everything. And he, he was a method actor. Yeah. So he not necessarily stayed in character throughout the, the filming of the movie, but he kept his American accent because he's, he's British, right? Mm-hmm. So he kept his American accent throughout the whole filming. And then I guess during one of like the after parties, he was talking in his British accent and people thought that that was a fake accent. Yeah. Which I thought was really funny. Yeah. And uh, like, I don't want to, th- give too much well there's some my reign of it but like mm-hmm. i'll say too much about it but 
the fact that he like didn't get any big nomination, mm-hmm. like no Golden Globe, but uh, no Oscar. Um, what's the what's the other small one there? Um, the uh, what's it called? But mm-hmm. anyway, he didn't really get any nominations from like the big awards, which mm-hmm. is I don't know, crazy to me. Do you think it's because he wasn't a big name actor? Yeah, I think just the genre of movie too. Well, yeah, horror movies don't get any love. No. All right. Anyways, next up is Justin Thoreau, who played Timothy Bryce, who is mm-hmm. in Mulholland Drive, Your Highness, The Girl on the Train, and False Positive. Yeah, he was also the lead in um, what was that HBO show? But uh, all the people disappear in like oh. the town. Um, um, I watched like the first season of that show. Yeah, I know what you mean. The, yeah, the vanishing. Anyway. No, no, I don't think so. I don't remember. But I know I saw it on anyway. the list though. Yeah, yeah. But his last name is Price in the in the book though, right? Is that I I forget. It's been a couple yeah. of years since I read it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think they changed his name a little bit. Yeah. Uh, next up is Josh Lucas, who played Craig McDermott. Uh, he's in Ford versus Ferrari, Sweet Home Alabama, Glory Road, Yellowstone, and The Forever Purge. He was just in session nine, right? That we watched. Josh Lucas. Was he? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we'd say, yeah. Yeah, I think he was. Yeah. <laughs> he looks so different in this compared to that. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. He was buddy with like the beard and the long hair, right? In session nine? Yeah. No. Yeah. Was he? That was him? Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like it's ringing a bell, but I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) That was like two weeks ago, Brooke. I know, man. (laughs) Uh, And lastly, I have Willem Dafoe, who plays Donald Kimball. He is known for Antichrist. Fuck that movie. Um, The Lighthouse, Spider-Man, The Florida Project, The Northman, and The Boondock Saints. I have three honorable mentions. I don't know if you have any, but yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. I have uh, Chloe Savigny. I know I'm not Savini. Savini. It's like, I know I'm not pronouncing (laughs) that right. Uh, Reese Witherspoon and Jared Leto. How did Reese eat your cereal? (laughs) Uh Don't even say it. Witherspoon. Uh... (laughs) Come on. Give me a stage and a mic. I'll make you laugh all night. <laughs> all right. Do you have any others? Um, I don't think so. The guy that played, what's his name? Uh, I'm looking at my old notes from a, another episode I did. <laughs> oh, Lewis. Yes. He was like kind of looked familiar too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He had a familiar face. Yeah. All right. I know you're chomping at the bit. Let's talk about this movie. Let's talk about this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. uh, When was the first time you watched this movie? And like, what were your thoughts on it? Because I I feel like this is a movie where like the first watch and the second watch for people change so much. Mm -hmm. I honestly have zero recollection of my first time watching this movie. Yeah. I think it was just one of those movies that like I watched it and I was just like, yeah, okay. I've watched it. Yeah. Um, I didn't really appreciate it for, for what it was and how I feel about it now. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I don't, I don't I like zero recollection of the first time watching this movie. I don't know where I was. I don't know how old I was. I don't know how I watched it. Yeah. I, I just have no idea. Yeah. I've watched it plenty of times since then. I know that, mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't know. What about you? Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. Like, I honestly don't remember the first time I've watched it, where I watched it. Um, I don't I just feel like as I got older, I just grew and grew more to love it. And like, mm-hmm. the thing about this movie, people never really considered it a horror movie. And I mm-hmm. still feel like people don't. Yeah. Um, and I, I do think it's more of a dark comedy more than horror because mm-hmm. this movie is fucking hilarious yeah it is funny like there's so many lines and stuff that i could just quote all day like Mm -hmm. it's so funny and uh yeah just like christian bale's performance is what like uh, this is why i love this movie so much because of his performance and like and like every time you watch it you think of something new notice something new and you like you don't know like what is real and what isn't Mm -hmm. in this movie Mm -hmm. see and you mentioned christian bale's performance in this and like going back to our talk about ewan mcgregor like do you really think that he could do this role it definitely wouldn't have been the same movie no because you need to have a guy who is like rich as fuck and like just dying to fit in within this socialite crowd yeah. And like he even says it in the movie. She's like, uh, I can't remember what her name is, but she's like, why are you doing this? And he's like, because I need to fit in. And just yeah. the way he says it. Yeah. And it's so true. And like uh, Christian Bale just does that so well. And like he needs to flip that switch from being mm-hmm. that like rich socialite investment banker to this fucking psycho that yeah. will kill anybody any way that he can yeah like even in the bar at the at the beginning yeah like the bartender says something to him and she turns around and he's like you're a fucking bitch and i'm gonna gut you like a pig or something like that yeah and it's like oh my god like where <laughs> did that come from yeah 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 we're good and then, like the thing with this movie like everybody looks the same mm-hmm. and acts the same but he still feels like he doesn't fit in mm-hmm. with society, which I don't know is like a pretty strong and like fucked up message to portray, like in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, because he's all about the brands, the restaurant, when which we'll talk about a bit later, but like when he goes to a restaurant, like he's narrating, he's like, I almost burst out into tears because I didn't think we'd have a good seat. Mm-hmm. And it's like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> like, who cares what C you have, man? You're in this fucking restaurant. Like you're in Dorcia. No, it wasn't Dorcia that they're in. They're in yeah. that other restaurant. Yeah. But still, it's like one of the richest restaurants in the city. Yeah. Like, and yeah, it, it, it just goes to show. And it's like a satirical look at it, at this like Wall Street life. But it just goes to show like what actually goes on in those crowds right like like yeah we've seen clips and vi- and videos and shit like from the real housewives and all that stuff and it's like this movie perfectly encapsulates that sort of feel mm-hmm. while also making fun of it yeah yeah exactly 
And uh, like, if you read, when you read, once you read the book, like it's kind of like, how did they turn that into a movie? Mm. Because like you've mentioned it a bit so far, but (laughs) the book is like so, so, so detailed. Like there'll just be pages of him just describing what he's wearing, like what the tie, what brand it is, what color it is, what like fabric it is. There was two, there was literally two pages of him going through his morning routine. And I was like, I can't read this anymore. (laughs) Like I flipped to the next page. I was like, I don't care what moisturizer you're putting on your face. Like I understand (laughs) why the book does that because these people they care so much about what they do with materialistic things yeah that they have to like spew it all out yeah and that's what the book is showing but like i've I've said to you a couple times now like i hate the dialogue in that book because it's just so like fucking oh i can't stand those people (laughs) yeah like like give too much away but there's a few points too like in the movie whenever the girls are like having sex with each other and he mm-hmm. is just talking about Phil Collins. Yeah. Well, in the book, there's like four or five pages of oh him God. just talking about <laughs> Phil Collins and like the band and like the album and like Whitney Houston. There's yeah, it's yeah, it's it's crazy that that they took the book to this so mm-hmm. well. Yeah. And like the narration in this in the movie. It's not annoying. No. And it's just like uh, Christian Bale's voice mm-hmm. is so soothing and he talks so slow and like, yeah, it's, I like the narration in this, in this movie. Yeah, I agree. Uh, what do you think of the opening credits? It's like the blood dripping and shit like that. Yeah. Like the whole opening to this movie. I mean, yeah, I like it. I think it was an interesting way to open it up. Yeah. So it has like the, the we, we think is blood like on the mm-hmm. white and then it goes to like this fancy restaurant. Yeah. Like the waiters are like, oh, this is squid ravioli with, <laughs> you know, all this. And like they're in like a fancy spot. And then they come to the table with all the main group of guys. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, $550, that's nothing. They throw all their fucking... Yeah platinum steel credit cards in yeah into the bowl mm-hmm. uh, and then they we get to the um the bar scene when they go to the club actually i want to read a bit from that opening uh little group that they have like some of the lines they said in that like just killed me i wonder if i can find it real quick here um yeah i should wrote down but anyway they're like going back and forth like they really say some pretty bad stuff about jews and stuff like that but i love like that's the line that i think uh bryce <laughs> says they're like all talking and then he's just like that bathroom is is terrible to do coke in yeah like, something <laughs> like that <laughs> and then like they go to the the nightclub um to like just dance and do coke and then mm-hmm. what you're saying whenever Patrick goes up to the bar and he hands her, I guess it's like, I don't know what they're tickets, They're like drink for, tickets, yeah. drink tickets. And she's like, Oh honey, we don't take these anymore. Like it's cash only. And then he's like, okay, I'll take whatever vodka on the rocks or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
and she turns around and he has like a mirror and he says like i will cut your fucking head off and bathe in your blood or that's something what he like says that. yeah yeah and um i don't think he actually said that out loud yeah you think it's all in his head yeah yeah because he you see him looking at himself often in a mirror and it's yeah mm-hmm. and like, i think that mirror like when the camera switches to like the girl's back mm-hmm. and you see his face in the mirror there like i think like multiple times in this movie i think like that's one of the scenes where like he didn't actually say that he just mm-hmm. he wants to and it's just his thoughts yeah 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 mm-hmm. yeah i can agree with that mm-hmm. um and uh i really like the opening too i think this is yeah when he's getting ready and stuff like that mm-hmm. like i this scene gives me chills every time i watch it just like okay. the music that's happening and like he's like talking and um i want it's, to read like the opening monologue that he says it's him and his tidy whities that give you the chills right oh yeah definitely. <laughs> but i guess like uh when he's doing the shower scene all the girls from the uh the set like yeah. rushed over to um to watch him to watch him yeah i read that part of the trivia to sarah because i was like typing my notes and she was sitting beside me and i started laughing so i read that to her and she's like why and i'm like because dude is fucking ripped in this movie <laughs> like yeah absolutely shredded um, and i guess like that whole morning routine that he went through he actually did that on set too like oh really every morning he would go through that process hold on struggling yeah there's a lot of fucking uh well i read like the the last half of it because like the first half he's like doing his routine he's going through like oh i i use uh moisturizer and then like i use rubbing alcohol that has no alcohol in it because like it does all this mm. stuff and like yeah um do, 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 do. okay so this part like i think this part like sets up like the whole movie mm. and like his personality he has uh there is an idea of a patrick bateman some kind of abstraction but there is no real real me only an entity something illusory and though i can hide my cold gaze and you can shake my hand and feel flesh gripping yours maybe you can even sense our lifestyles are probably comparable i simply am not there mm-hmm. And like, I think that perfectly describes like how he is during yeah. the whole movie. Yeah. And uh, Ice Nine Kills obviously does their Silver Scream album and they use that line in, uh, mm-hmm. in one of the, like in the song for this. I fucking, I love that. I simply am not there. Yeah. So yeah. sick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You meet, he's like a lawyer. I think his dad owns the firm. He's he's an investment banker, I think. Or investment banker, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, I think his dad owns the place. So I mean, that's why he has a job there and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, his uh, secretary is Jean, and he's not that great to her, but he kind of is. I don't know. He, he has some sort of an affection towards her. Yeah. But at the same time, yeah, like he's just a chauvinistic asshole towards her. Yeah, like right off the bat, like yeah. she comes in, she's like, Gene, don't wear that outfit again. <laughs> and she's he's like, wear heels too. Yeah. 
Well, she's like, well, you don't like it. And he goes, he, he said, you're prettier than that or something. Yeah, he did. Yeah. You're prettier so, than that. So, I mean, like, yeah, like he, he does have like sort of an affection towards her and mm-hmm. like, cause you can tell she's super reserved and like timid. And it's yeah. almost like he's trying to let her know that, that she is attractive and like, she can come out of that shell. Yeah. But just the way he comes about it, he's just a fucking prick. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, like I said, like we said before they went to this like restaurant to meet someone and Evelyn and him are, is like his girlfriend who's played Reese with her spoon mm-hmm. and they're going to meet. And like, this is the part where like, he like walks in he's like narrating he's like i was on the verge of tears because i didn't think we'd have a good seat (laughs) and um and then like i love that he's just sitting there and he's like narrating and he's like i'm pretty sure that evelyn is having an affair with timothy bryce Mm -hmm. and she has no idea that i'm having an affair with (laughs) courtney who's married to the prick (laughs) um (laughs) lewis carruthers yeah (laughs) And like Lewis is this like very weird, clearly like closet homosexual. Like Mm -hmm. he's engaged, but he's definitely, I don't know if he's gay, but he's definitely has feelings for Patrick. Yeah. Lewis reminds me of like the the kid in school that would like buy people's lunches so that they would let him hang out with them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's just kind of has that feel like, like he's there, but he's not like, he's not really friends with anybody. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really fit in with them, Yeah, um, but he's just kind of there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And uh, then we get the kind of like first scene where we really see Patrick lose it. And I think like this actually is like him like acting out. Like in the dry cleaner scene, what do you think mm-hmm. of that scene? <laughs> I love that scene. <laughs> yeah, because like they're Asian and they can't—they're speaking Asian and he can't mm-hmm. understand a word that they're saying. Yeah, he's like, "You can't put bleach on a blah 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 type of sheet." Yeah, he's like, "No bleachy." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he's like screaming like crazy. He's like, "Get those fucking out!" <laughs> And then, like, he uh, he says, like, some line, like, I'll cut your fucking head off. Yeah. And then she, like, reacts. Like, but, like, you don't know if she actually understands what he's saying, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, like, some old, I don't know if it's, like, a client or old flame. I think it's a flame. Like, walks sure. in and sees him freaking out. And he's, like, <clears throat> his hair is, like, all wild. He's, like, sweating. <laughs> he's, like, tell you, help me. I, I can't get clue through to these people like help me out and he like opens it and he's like shows her and it's like blood or something like that she's like yeah. oh what happened he's like oh it's cranberry juice <laughs> and then like he's like walking out and he's like i got an appointment in 20 minutes he's like fix this for me yeah and she's like oh can we go to dinner he's like ah oh, no i'm busy with work and i love that he like i'm not I'm sure what the word it is but like he suggests he's like okay how about next saturday yeah she's like yeah he's like oh no i have a meeting (laughs) (laughs) and then just fucking walks out yeah uh i love that he just has like porn on in in the background when he's talking on the phone with courtney constantly has porn on yeah yeah Yeah. and And she's like 
Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, she's like addicted to, uh, to yeah, Xanax or something. I can't remember yeah, what it is. Yeah, she all drugged out all the time. She mm-hmm. hates her life and that she is going to be marrying Lewis. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, probably one of my favorite scenes in this movie is the cards, the business card scene. Yeah, it's iconic. Man, it's so fucking funny. Like, uh, you meet... And this is kind of like one of the parts where you realize that nobody knows who each other is except mm-hmm. for like the main group of like uh, Patrick, um, Timothy, Lewis, yeah, and Van Patten, I think is the other guy. Yeah. Uh, they like all know each other, but then like everyone else outside of their clique. Mm-hmm. has each other mixed up so yeah. we meet paul allen who is played by jared leto mm-hmm. and immediately he's like up to patrick he's like hey halberstrom he's like how's <laughs> how's so-and-so going and then like he just plays along like yeah. and everyone else doesn't even say anything right because they're mm-hmm. all like focused on being better and like fitting in and like no one cares who is who mm-hmm. And we see that in the the opening restaurant scene too, because they're like, "Oh, there's Brooke Merkley," and they're like, "That's not Brooke. Brooke's back oh, yeah, there." Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, nobody knows who anybody is. They only know names, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like in in the city and in that industry, it's only your name. People only yeah. know your name. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, <clears throat> and it, like it also it makes it kind of ironic too, because Patrick wants to fit in and all these guys just want to fit in. But realistically, nobody gives a fuck who you are outside of your click. Like you just said, like, oh. so, I mean, who are you fitting in for the, yeah. the, the four guys that you hang out with? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Paul Allen hands his card to, I think, uh, Bryce. And then like, um, Patrick like takes out his card. He's like, Oh, here, call me or something. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Oh, this is made of, uh, we say like bone and mm-hmm. like, they're like, uh, getting like going crazy over their cards. And then like Patrick is like, Oh, let me see your card Van Patten. And Van Patten is like, Oh, wait till you see mine. He pulls <laughs> it out. is like, Oh, and then like Patrick's like narrating and he's like, Oh, look at the 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 font and the grooves on that, and like, oh my god, it even has a watermark. Yeah. <laughs> like, and he's like, just like so pissed that his card isn't the best, and then yeah. like, someone shows their card, and then Patrick's like, let me see Paul Allen's card, and everyone like stops, and like the camera's like slowly moving, and he like pulls out his card, puts it down. And then like to like, oh, it's pale nimbus white or like they're describing <laughs> the card in like these ridiculous like ways like, yeah. like that no one else would give a shit about. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Patrick is like, can't believe they prefer Paul Allen's card over mine. And then yeah. he's like, starts sweating. And Lewis is like, oh, my God, Patrick are you okay? You're sweating. (laughs) (laughs) It's literally like a dick measuring contest, but with, but with business cards. It's, it's nuts. It's fucking hilarious. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
the next scene where we see, I guess, Patrick's kind of first kill is uh, the homeless person scene. And um, with this scene, like, he goes up to the guy. Like, do you think he, when he goes down, he's going down that uh, alleyway, do you think he's thinking of killing someone? I don't know. Because, like, he almost shows compassion to the homeless guy at the beginning, right? Yeah. And then he, like, again, something just clicks. And I he's think like, it was whenever he touches yeah. Patrick's, like, because Patrick is, like, telling him, like, it's really fucked up. Like, he's fucking with him. He's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> why, why don't you, don't you get, get a job? job? <laughs> he's like, what's her name? Al? Al, why don't you get a fucking job? And it's, like, the way he speaks and, like, his yeah. mouth is, like, smiley. and But he's being really rude. and He's just being a smug fuck. Yeah. And he's like, I want to help you. Like, why don't yeah. you just get a and job? And Al, like touches his like hand and like he just immediately like just clicks yeah nope <laughs> and then like looks both ways and then opens his case and i was like oh thank you. you're such a kind man <laughs> and then like i love uh patrick is like almost like yeah like you said smug he's like smiling and like you know you smell like shit al fucking <laughs> 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 great oh and then he stabs Al and fucking stomps on his dog. Yeah, it's fucked. That's the scene in the book that mm-hmm. is about 25 times worse. Okay. Yes, it's bad. It's bad. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think it's like, because another scene later on um, with uh, the prostitutes, like one mm-hmm. of them touches his watch. Yeah. And then immediately something happens. We don't see what happens, but. Yeah, he doesn't like to be touched. No, his thing's elite. Um, oh, yeah, there's one more. Uh, this is before he goes to dinner with Paul. There was a line that I like really liked as well. Um, so he says, I have all the characteristics of a human being, blood, flesh, skin, hair, but not a single clear identifiable emotion except for greed and disgust. Something horrible is happening inside of me, and I don't know why. My nightly bloodlust has overflown into my days. I feel lethal on the verge of frenzy. I think my mask of sanity is about to slip. And, like, uh, I love the lines in this movie. Yeah. Especially, like, at the beginning when he's pulling the mask off and he Mm -hmm. says, like, that, like, Patrick Bateman line. Mm -hmm. He's pulling, like, yeah. Pulling the mask off, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it, he, he's very much aware of what he's doing yeah and it be it ends up becoming to a point where he just can't control it anymore um i love the dinner scene with paul mm-hmm. i just think it's like great like the one line he says <clears throat> in this like i burst out laughing last night and like <laughs> they're at like some mexican place and at this point uh Paul still thinks that he's a Haberstrom yeah. and is dating some other girl. And like, uh, he asked, um, Patrick is getting him like hot, uh, drunk on margaritas or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then like, Paul's like, Hey, where's, uh, what's her face? Um, and then Patrick's like, Oh, I think, uh, she's hanging out with that girl, Evelyn. And then Paul's like, Oh, Evelyn. 
such a nice ass. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, good. Uh, the one line that made me laugh out loud. Yeah. Whenever they're like about to order their drinks and stuff, and like the kids there with like the board, mm-hmm. and he's like, Don't you want to hear the specials? And then like Patrick just says out of the blue, like, not if you want to keep your spleen, I don't. <laughs> I just fucking <laughs> love. <laughs> uh, so you think that's one of the instances where he doesn't actually say it? No, I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I love the uh and he's like obsessed with Trump. Yeah. As well. Mm-hmm. Which like is kind of interesting with like everything that's happened you know since this movie yeah like the one like in this scene he's like looks over he's like is that ivana trump over there <laughs> and like one scene with evelyn he's like i think that's donald trump's car yeah <laughs> <laughs> well because i mean like every money mogul probably looked up to trump back then right like yeah because he works on wall street right well yeah and he's like one of the richest people in new york city yeah um and then at this point like paul allen's like very drunk and Patrick asked him, like, I think Paul is what Patrick wants to be. Mm-hmm. He's insanely jealous of him. Yeah. Throughout the whole movie, even after he kills him, mm-hmm. like, he can't stop uh, obsessing over him. Like, when he goes to his apartment. Well, he even impersonates him at one point. Yeah. Like, he's at his apartment after he kills him. And he's just like, Oh, he has a better view than me. He must uh, pay a lot more or whatever like Mm -hmm. that. Like he's still obsessing over him. Yeah. And he asks uh, Paul how he got some account for the the bank. And then Paul's just like, oh, I could tell you, but I'd have to kill you. Yeah, it's great. And uh, and then he, um, Paul mentions actually a few times in this movie, not just Paul, but uh he mentions like oh at least you're not like that loser patrick bateman or whatever <laughs> and then like patrick's face is like okay man like, <laughs> <laughs> uh what's uh what are your thoughts on the paul allen uh scene in the apartment i love this scene yeah because is it <clears throat> he's talking about huey lewis in the news in this one isn't it yeah that's who he's talking about so yeah he mentions like 80s pop music throughout the entire fucking movie yeah but he's going on and on and on and on and on about fucking hip to be square and like all this all the songs off of this album yeah. while he's walking around behind paul and he's fucking putting on the the uh poncho rain, kind of thing rain jacket rain jacket yeah and uh it like it comes out of nowhere yeah and i think that's like it was like a big wow factor yeah because like he kills the homeless man. We've already seen that, but it's like, it's a subtle kill. Like he kind of like gets mm-hmm. in close and he just stabs him a few times But with Paul. He fucking takes an ax to his head and blood just fucking splatters up all over him. Yeah. It's just, it, it was a more brutal kill than, than the mm-hmm. first kill. Yeah. And he had it all planned out. Right. Because yeah. like he has he, the couches all like covered. Mm-hmm. He has like the paper down and Paul's like, at this point he's like hammered. Yeah. And I love that Paul's just like, <laughs> he's like, hey, Haverstrom, do you like own a chow or something like that? <laughs> and then like Patrick, he like has the coat on and he's just like, you know, he's 
he's vibing out, like being very like outgoing and like he does like mm-hmm. the whole like you know Huey Lewis in the news, blah blah blah. Yeah. And then like he's behind Paul and Paul turns on, he's like, Harsham, is that a raincoat? <laughs> just like, yeah, Paul, yeah, it is. <laughs> and then like when he calls him, he's like, Hey Paul, and then like fucking smashes him with the fucking axe. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Bateman is just, or Christian Bale is just so fucking good. Uh, okay. I want to get this question out of the way instead of saving it for the end. Okay. What is your thought on like, what do you think happens in this movie? Like, like what do you think that he did all this? Do you think some of it is he actually did none of it? He did like what, what are your thoughts? I think he killed Paul because Paul, because okay. Paul disappears and the private investigator gets hired. Right. Right. To find out what happened. Yeah. So I think he kills Paul. You know, I've never really thought about it. I just always have in my head that he's, he actually did it all. Yeah. But there's also certain scenes too. Like there's a woman's head in his fridge at one point. It's like, did, is there actually a woman's head in his fridge? Yeah. Cause like that seems out of place because he doesn't seem like the type of person that would have a head in his fridge. No. You know what I mean? Like he yeah. he's so clean and prim and proper and shit. Like I feel like he would find that just disgusting. Mm-hmm. But as for like all the killings, I I don't see how he doesn't do it. Right. What do you think though? Because you obviously <laughs> have different thoughts. So I think he didn't do any of it. Any of it. Yes. You think this is all just... except maybe I think he did kill the homeless person. Okay. Just because like that was kind of like him testing out the waters, I think. Because it's in the alleyway, it's a homeless person, like mm-hmm. no one in New York. And I think this movie takes place in like 89 or 87 or something like that. Yeah. Gives a shit about homeless people. Mm-hmm. But everything else, I don't think he actually did. So what happens to Paul Allen? So with Paul Allen, it's interesting because with the ending, um, so he kills Paul Allen. He goes to his apartment, gathers up some belongings, leaves like a fake message saying, I'm in London, whatever. And then, like, that's it. He goes back to his apartment with some hookers, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But then, and then we have Kimball who's trying to figure out, like, you know, what's going on. This does happen. People just up and leave. Mm-hmm. But then at the end of the movie, after Patrick, like, has his crazy frenzy night, he goes... He calls his lawyer, says, like, I did everything. I killed Paul Allen. And then the next day, he goes to Paul Allen's apartment, or what he thinks is Paul Allen's apartment. It's being resold. Mm. And the lady's like, no, this isn't. Paul Allen didn't live here. Mm. And then with the lawyer he's talking to, the lawyer doesn't know who the fuck Patrick Bateman is. He thinks he's someone else. Mm-hmm. But Patrick says, like, no, listen to me. I killed Paul Allen. And then the lawyer's like, that's impossible. 
I had dinner with Paul Allen in London two days ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. But then like the thing that kind of like throws it all off is like no one outside of the group knows who people are. So maybe the lawyer is actually thinking of someone else's Paul Allen, maybe. Hmm. Or do you... Th- because even with the um, the end scene when he's going nuts, killing everyone, like, we'll go back and talk about a certain scene if we want to, but mm-hmm. that scene where in, like, he, he finally like, loses his mind. <laughs> um, he's at the ATM. And, it's fucking hilarious. Uh, he, like, is, like, losing his mind. The ATM, like, starts talking to him, says, like, feed me a straight cat. <laughs> hilarious uh picks up a kitten that just happens to be there tries to shove it in the atm (laughs) Uh, and then like an old lady is like what the fuck like and then he shoots her yeah he's going nuts running around he goes to i think either his paul allen's apartment or his work he shoots the security guard He's running around, goes like through the like spinning door, mm-hmm. spins all the way around, <laughs> shoots the janitor, runs out, <laughs> and then the cops are chasing him in like the cop car scene. Like, mm-hmm. I think this is what gives it away because like the cops are there. He has this little pistol and like he's shooting the cop, shoots one cop, and then like the cars just blow up. That's true. And then he like kind of looks at the pistol like, what the fuck? And then runs to his work and like, calls his lawyer to mm-hmm. testify yeah that is true like that whole end scene like i just figured it was him like losing his mind like maybe not, not necessarily that he did all that shit yeah but like the stuff with the women and and the paul allen i had just, just had in my mind that he had done it yeah but it all makes sense yeah if the lawyer said that he just had dinner with paul allen in london yeah. and like so did Bateman know that he was going to be in London? So he went through and like, like went through the motions of killing this guy and like packing a bag for London and making like a cover up to the murder. Yeah. Like giving him an, or giving Paul Allen like a destination to be at. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <clears throat> so do you um, think Bateman even runs with this crowd? Like, do you think he's actually in with any of these people? I think like this, like his like three main people, like uh, that's it, like Van Patten, Bryce, and um, the other guy, mm-hmm. uh, Craig. I think he is like in with them. So you think all that's real, just not like yeah, the psychotic outside part. of his like the first um, prostitute night, whenever he uh, picks up. Uh, Christine and Sabrina. Yeah, Christine and Sabrina. <laughs> I think that first night like actually happened. Yeah. But, but then Christy sees it like he picks her up later on and she's like terrified to be with him. Yeah. See, I don't know. See, that's what this movie like. It's so. There's probably no right or wrong answer, to be honest. Yeah. And he kills her with the most epic chainsaw kill ever. Yeah. Like, I think maybe he does pick her up and like he's with like it seems like a girl he's known for a long time mm. right so i don't think the stuff after that is like actually happened 
actually the, that first night with Christy and Sabrina, whenever they're leaving, they look like they've been beaten up, like they're bloody and shit. Oh yeah. So, Something definitely did happen. So maybe that's why Christy's afraid of him later on in the movie. Yeah. Because, because she says, that. she says I had to go to surgery or had to go to emergency because of you. Mm-hmm. And then he writes her a check and then, yeah. 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 Hmm. And it, like, I had a question too, because he invites Jean to come over to his house. Well, that he tries to get her to go out to like a fancy restaurant he tells her to pick whatever restaurant she wants and yeah. she picks dorcia which is like the hardest restaurant to get into i, I love that <laughs> whatever <laughs> he calls and uh, he's like on the phone he's like hey dorcia yeah i'd like to make a reservation for two at 8 30 tonight yeah. oh sorry we're all booked oh awesome that's great yeah no sir we're booked okay see you then <laughs> yeah and she's like you didn't leave a name oh they know me yeah but so anyways, they end up going to his house or to his apartment and he goes behind her with a nail gun. Like he's going to shoot her in the back of the head, but then he stops. Like he kind of like, I know that yeah. there was the, the phone call from Evelyn yeah. and whatnot, which kind of outs him that he he's in a solid relationship or mm-hmm. what Gene thinks is a solid relationship, but like he didn't end up killing her. He gets like a, a i don't know what the word so is what i think it is i think gene is just different mm-hmm. than the girls and people that are around him maybe like because she's actually interested in like him like i don't think she wants to date him or anything like that but like she's just different than all the other girls that he's with right like she doesn't care about the money that he has yeah and, and like he asks like he's like walking around and like he like is like touching the knives and mm-hmm. he asks her like what like are you happy with your life like what do you want to do and you know she says like oh i might go back to school she's like i really want to travel and like i don't I think like all of that stuff just kind of changed his perspective on things or something i don't know it's almost like he's envious of her because he Maybe. he has a line at one point in the movie too. And uh, oh, it was actually in this scene. And he said, no, I'm on a diet. Like, so he can't eat like a specific thing. She's like, diet, like, what do you need a diet for kind of thing? Yeah. And he's like, oh, you can always be better or do better or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, like, he's almost like envious of her because she is just perfectly content with her life and she doesn't need to strive to that next level. She's just happy with where she's at right now. Yeah. And I think I love the the line, too. He's like, uh, did you know that Ted Bundy owned a Shih Tzu or something <laughs> like that? And she's just like, who's Ted Bundy? Yeah. Um, I really do like the very last, uh, like, exchange between them, like, after Evelyn like leaves the message and you can see that Patrick is like getting like, he's getting worked up. Like he's sweating. He just Mm -hmm. says like, I think you should leave. And then she's like, Oh, and he's like, do you want to get hurt? Do you? And she's like, no, I guess not. But like, they're talking about two different things, right? Like she thinks like, Oh, we're going to, it's going to lead to something where we're going to have sex and then mm-hmm. she's going to get hurt by him. But no, he's like talking like 
if you don't leave, I'm going to do something bad to you. Like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> yeah, like physically hurt you. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. she even says, like, no, I don't want to get bruised. And it's just like, that's yeah. a it's a cool play on words, right? Because yeah. she's thinking like a bruised heart and he's thinking of like, yeah. Yeah. You're going to get fucked up. Yeah. Um, what do you think of Kimball's character? Like, what's your take on him in this movie? I don't think he knows what to think of Bateman. Yeah. And I know that the director said to him, like, I want you to take this character in three different directions. Like, yeah, they filmed three different scenes. Yeah. Or one of the interviews that he had with Patrick, I forget which one. Mm-hmm. But like, he filmed one where like he didn't know he was the killer, where he knew he was the killer, and then one where he like... He's kind of on the fence. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which I thought was an interesting take because every time you meet Kimball, you think like, um, because every time, like Patrick is so good with words with everybody else, but then whenever he's talking with Kimball, like he's almost, uh, um, like he has anxiety whenever he's talking to him. Yeah. Like he's tripping over his words. He gets that sweat again. um, And he just doesn't know what to say. And there's even like in the, I think it's their last meeting, Kimball pulls out the new Huey Lewis and the news CD. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I just picked it up on my way here. And, and it's like the day after that he killed Paul Allen. Yeah. And Bateman's like, oh no, like I don't really like them. And, and uh, he said, what did he say? I don't like singers. No. I, yeah. I don't like singers. And he's like, oh, he's like, you don't like music. He's yeah. like, it's a little yeah, too I black like music. for me. Yeah. Too black. <laughs> <laughs> God. <laughs> um but i mean i like willem dafoe in pretty much anything that he's in yeah um and i think that this was a very interesting character to have with the three different perspectives on how he feels about bateman yeah um i thought that was neat but uh he's a terrible private investigator i didn't yeah like <laughs> From what I like, even the first interview, like Patrick was asking a lot of questions mm-hmm. about the murder. He kept saying, Oh, there's no murder yet. He's just been missing for like 24 hours. Yeah. And then, like, this when he asks Patrick to lunch at the end of the first interview, he's like, Okay, well, you get your facts together. Try to remember where you were that night. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not too worried about it. But then, like, when they go to lunch, like, Patrick doesn't have his story at all of where he was yeah and then kimball has to be the one that tells him like oh yeah you were at dinner with uh halberstrom or one of the guys whatever Mm -hmm. yeah so i don't don't know i think yeah i I don't really understand the whole like kimball side of the the story i guess you think kimball's a made-up character in bateman's head to like make it seem more legit maybe Cause like, I mean, he, he, if we're going by your theory, he envisioned the cops and like that whole chase scene and, okay. the, cop, and the cop car is blowing up. Right. So do you think that this is kind of just like a manifestation in his mind to make, cause like he knows that obviously if, if this guy goes missing, people are going to start looking for him. Yeah. Actually this, if he didn't actually kill Paul Allen, then mm-hmm. there's nothing to investigate, I guess. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know, I'm just going off what your theory was. I don't know, like what which you, which like, I'm starting to agree with. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Very quickly, I want to talk about the first scene with uh, what were the prostitutes' names? Christine, Christine Sabrina. Sabrina. Um, one of them is definitely like a hooker, like on the street. The other one, I think, is like maybe he calls like a place to hire an escort. Escort, yeah, yeah. And he's like, yeah, blonde. And then she gets there, and he's like, how much of a blonde are you? More of a dirty blonde. <laughs> and like just the way that like he's like telling them what to do like well it's be- so creepy like yeah uh christy's like in the bath yeah that's where i was going just like out of the blue he's like <laughs> want you to wash your vagina <laughs> yeah wash your vagina and then she's like okay and then she like starts doing it and he's like no on your knees do it from the back yeah and then yeah then the like she has like chardonnay and uh oh the, the second part like he says like you know, you're, I don't want you to get drunk, but that is a very expensive bottle of Chardonnay that you're not drinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what a dick. Yeah. Uh, but I love that, like, he's, he, like, has uh, Sabrina, like, dancing, and then, like, and then, like, she's like, okay, Chris, you get on the bed and point your ass at Sabrina. <laughs> and then she's like, okay, Sabrina look at christy's asshole and then and then he like says something like that asshole ain't gonna eat itself or something (laughs) (laughs) don't just look at it eat it yeah yeah and then like he's like having sex with them and he's like fucking like posing and like looking at himself like flexing in the mirror uh yeah and then like they they're sleeping and then like they kind of wake up and one of them touches his watch Mm -hmm. and then that's like immediately like he gets up and they start like getting leave and then he like opens the drawer and there's like this like score like thing and that's all these like tools and he like grabs like a fucking coat hanger and then she's like oh can we leave now and he's like we're not done yet yeah and then it doesn't show what happens but like they leave sabrina has like a bloody nose and she's like all like fucked up and then Mm -hmm. like chrissy just like walks out so like I don't know what he did, but it must have been something fucked up with that yeah. coat hanger. <laughs> um, yeah. With I stuff guess... like... Oh. I'll go ahead. Without giving it away, but like with stuff like this, like this scene, let's just say, do they go into more detail in the book? Like, do we find out what happens with Christy and Sabrina? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And like um, in the movie, after one of the club scenes, he like takes, he meets like a blonde girl. And then, like, the next day, he has, like, the hair. Yeah, he does that in the movie. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. Yeah, oh, like that. yeah. So, like, it, like, talks about the kill with that oh, girl. Like, okay. it's, it's fucked up. Okay. Um, yeah, I guess the one scene that I wanted to talk about before we wrap it up um, is that... One of the like the most famous scenes in this movie is definitely we touch on a little bit, but the chainsaw scene. Uh, he's with the two girls, and like he's with the one girl, like going down on her, and then like you see like some blood like forming, and uh, Christy is trying to like slowly get away, and then like the girl in the bed just starts screaming, and then Patrick just like looks up, and like he has like blood all over his face, and yeah. She starts running away. She finds the dead bodies. And then he like 
grabs her foot and like tries like biting her foot off or something yeah. and she just like kicks him and he's like not in the fucking face <laughs> <laughs> and then like she starts running away and like i think this is another reason why i don't think like this actually happened because she's like banging and like crazy on all the doors mm-hmm. screaming like crazy like no one is like to be Whoa. seen and then he fires up a fucking chainsaw in a condo building yeah <laughs> it's like what the fuck and like that, it's not even his apartment so it's yeah. like where'd you get this that is a thought that played through my mind during this scene i'm like how is nobody hearing this yeah so yeah your theory definitely rings true and like with- the odds it's a sick kill like sick mm-hmm. scene like he's running fucking naked with it like <laughs> she's running down the stairs and he's like at the top like his face like it mm-hmm. just looks crazy and he's like laughing is holding the chainsaw over then like drops it and like hits her and like the chances that happen are pretty slim mm-hmm. to be honest but he just like does it and he's just like ha! <laughs> <laughs> he's covered in the blood still yeah yeah fucking great that's a great scene um i love the scene with uh evelyn whenever he like breaks up with her Mm -hmm. like in public i love that like i'm gonna start using this like when i like want to leave a party like every time he gets uncomfortable or something he's just like sorry i have to return some videotapes yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah anything else um I, I, we should talk about like the last scene. Like, what what were your thoughts on the last scene? Like, like, when he talks to his lawyer and all that. Like, everything is just like kind of like normal in his group. But I told you what I thought. Like, what did you think of that scene? I don't really know what to think anymore. Like the way that I saw it before was just that the the lawyer was kind of playing it off. Like, oh no, you didn't, Patrick. Like, there's no way that you could have done that sort of thing. Yeah. But now that you've kind of put this in my head that none of it actually happened, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Because, like, if somebody's confessing to all these killings, like, and he confesses to a lot of killings, it's not just the one. Yeah. You would think that somebody would throw up a red flag. Mm -hmm. Right. And, like, because he does say in the conversation, because the whole time, like he he doesn't think this is Patrick Bateman. He mm-hmm. thinks it's someone I forget who. Um, oh, a guy named Davis. Mm-hmm. And then Patrick is telling them all this, and he's like, "Oh, that's very funny, Davis. Like, if this was Bryce or Van Pat, excuse me, I would believe you. Like, yeah, okay, definitely. But like, no, nah, you, Davis. Like, come on, man, it's a funny joke. So." <sighs> Like they end all together. Uh, where are they at the, in the end scene? They're like at some like little like bar or something like in their office, I think. Cause there's all these like rich people like around mm. having drinks. They're watching um, a TV Ronald with like Reagan. Ronald Reagan on it, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. I think I agree with you that none of it actually happened, mm-hmm. that it's all just been. A manifestation in his mind of things that he wants to do to yeah. these people yeah. now i don't know if it's people like only people that he thinks are bad or 
um, not maybe not as well, not necessarily bad, but like a certain type of person. And maybe that's why he yeah. um, changes his mind with Jean and doesn't end up killing her. Um, what happens in the scene where he gets pissed at Lewis and goes into the bathroom and is like, <laughs> Lewis is taking a piss and he just like starts like grabbing his neck like he's gonna strangle him. Yeah. What did Lewis do to trigger that? Uh, it was a business card. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's like, or like people that he thinks are better than him, but yeah. then but he also kills the homeless guy. But maybe the homeless guy was an actual killing, and. Like you said, he was just testing the waters to see if he could actually do it. Yeah. And then every thought after that was people that he th- he viewed as better than him. Yeah. Maybe he wants to be the best person that's there. And if he kills everybody off, then he's automatically going to be by default. Yeah. 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 It's the card. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Um. I'm gonna oh, yeah. watch the I'm gonna watch this movie with a very different frame of mind the next time I watch it though. Okay. Nice. And then there's like the ending monologue too, which uh see if I can find it quick. Well he does mention something about if the crimes aren't real in that closing monologue. Oh yeah, okay. So uh he says there are no more barriers to cross. All I have in common with the uncontrollable and the insane, the vicious and the evil, all the mayhem I have caused, my utter indifference toward it I have now surpassed. My pain is constant and sharp, and I do not hope for a better world for anyone. In fact, I want my pain to be inflicted on others. I want no one to escape, but even after admitting this, there is no catharsis. My punishment continues to elude me, and I gain no deeper knowledge of myself. No new knowledge can be extracted from my telling. This confession has meant nothing. So whether the confession means nothing because nobody believes him or because the the stuff didn't actually happen. Yeah. So it's almost like, well, he wants to be punished for whatever, for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And he's not getting that punishment. So whether or not he confessed to killings that didn't actually happen or whether he did actually do these killings and he confessed to it, nobody believes it. So he's not really getting what he wants in the end, regardless. Or maybe like him thinking about doing all the things that he did in the movie. And then at the end of him thinking like back, like, okay, this didn't, help me with anything like i'm still feeling all this pain and stuff like that yeah. so it was all meant nothing yeah let's see american psycho is a humorous and blood-curdling psychological thriller it is a social commentary on the sexual insecurity of men their shallowness their obsession with materialism to conceal their apathy the central character patrick bateman flushes out his repressed anger born out of corporate culture by killing people that seems more like a hobby than a necessity. Uh, oh, did you know that they originally wanted Leonardo DiCaprio to take the role too? Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Did Patrick really kill anyone? Was it just his imagination, a fantasy of how he wanted to deal with his corporate frustration? 
Was Paul Allen really dead? We've tried to look at all the possibilities and decipher it for you and come up with theories that make rational sense of the psychological thriller. Uh, then, well, they break down certain scenes. Hmm. So the ATM, Patrick Bateman visits the ATM to withdraw money, but the ATM pops up a message, feed me the stray cat. Bateman doesn't hesitate to aim at the kitten, but before he could shoot and feed it inside the ATM, a grossed-out woman interrupts him. That old woman becomes Bateman's first victim as a knight. Okay, that doesn't explain anything. Hmm. The dead bodies are no more there in the storage compartment of the flat. A realtor is initially shocked to see Bateman and explains that nobody named Paul Allen actually lived there. Oh my God, it's not giving me anything. <laughs> it was all fantasy and Bateman made up everything that reflects the psychosis. Bateman actually killed everyone except for Paul Allen or Bateman actually killed everyone and Harold mistook Paul Allen for someone else. So that's kind of what you said. So they're saying that they believe Bateman is actually a serial killer and he did Paul, kill Paul Allen. Um, I, don't, I don't get that because like the whole apartment throws me off. Mm-hmm. And the fact that the lawyer said he was with Paul Allen unless he is mistaken for who Paul Allen actually is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like it's never actually been told of what the true meaning is. Yeah, I don't know. I think it, it's just one of those movies that everybody's going to have their own thoughts on. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, right. Um, anything else that you wanted to bring up or talk about that we missed? I don't think so. Cool. Could honestly talk about this movie for like three hours, so <laughs> we should probably move on while we can. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the way the imaginary blood splatters. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I already know what your thoughts and reviews are on it, but lay it on us. Let's hear what you got to say. All right. So for story, I gave a ten out of ten. I said a wonderfully made book to film adaptation, a very chilling, dark comedy about the typical life of a rich white man on Wall Street who just wants to fit in and who may also be going crazy. The movie really makes you think what has happened if what is happening is actually real or just in his head. Uh, you pick up on different things with every watch. Um, quality, I gave it 10 out of 10. Uh, no surprise there. <laughs> Um, I thought it was a beautifully shot and scored movie, which is equal parts artistic and disturbing. I mean, the performance from Bale is just like unbelievable. I like so happy that he chose to do this role because I don't know where he would be in his movie career. And like, honestly, like apart from this movie, I think he's one of the best actors they were one of my favorite actors. Like mm-hmm. he is great. Um, I thought like the other actors in the movie did a good job as well. Like they didn't have like much to do. They were just like, I don't know. They played their character well. Like mm-hmm. it was good. Yeah. So yeah. Double tens. Double tens. All right. Um, for my story, I gave it a nine out of ten. Yeah. I said, I love the mix of comedy and just all out psychoticism of Bateman in this movie. It's a great satirical look at the world of Wall Street and all the materialism that comes from it. Um, I did find it gets a little drawn out towards the end. Like there's there's like a slight 
maybe 20 minute window where it just kind of gets drawn out a little bit. Um, but the movie as a whole keeps you pretty well engaged. Um, and I mentioned I didn't get a chance to read the book like I wanted to, but I read that the dialogue is often like word from word for word from the novel, like a lot of the dialogue. Pretty is, much, yeah. Yeah. In quality, I gave it a nine out of ten as well. Um, I said the acting, script, score, and gore are all top notch. Christian Bale was perfect for this role, and from what I read, he had to fight his ass off to get it, and it definitely paid off for him and for the movie. Um, I can't picture anyone else playing him. I loved the '80s pop soundtrack, and I found it super ironic that someone as sadistic as Patrick could be so in love with like that upbeat, poppy music yeah. from the '80s. Um, yeah, I actually read that. Most of the budget to the movie went to mm-hmm. buying the rights to those songs. Yeah. Uh, and I said, I love the variety of kills in the movie as well. Like, mm-hmm. like we get gunshots, we get a fucking chainsaw drop down a staircase and yeah. we get the stabbing and yeah. just like a whole bunch of different stuff. Um, yeah. The, um, the, sorry, I cut you off, but like the ahead. end uh, when he confesses to the lawyer, some of like, and then Gene uh, finds his like little notepad. Mm-hmm. Some of the stuff in that he says and in the the notepad are stuff that happens in the book. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. But anyways, yeah. So double nines for me. Nice. Um, another thing I read too, with all the different um, brand names that are in it, there was so many different stipulations from certain ones. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Like Rolex wouldn't let let them use Rolex watches in the movie uh there was another brand that they would allow him to wear it but he couldn't do it he couldn't uh it couldn't be a scene where there was a kill yeah um and there was another one that was similar to that too which i thought was yeah same with the book i'm pretty sure the book was banned in a few countries Mm. um and then like after it came out um excuse me uh the company's sorry <laughs> the companies that agreed like to be put in the book they didn't realize what mm. kind of book it was going to be yeah and after it was released they were not happy <laughs> obviously <laughs> yeah so i know brett uh brett brett easton ellis i think is his name mm-hmm. he uh he got in a lot of shit after the book was released but yeah. um it yeah. paid off yeah <laughs> All right, you guys know our scores. Let's head on over to Rotten Tomatoes and see what they've scored it. The critics' consensus. If it falls short of the deadly satire of Brett Easton Ellis's novel, American Psycho still finds its own blend of horror and humor, thanks in part to a fittingly creepy performance by Christian Bale. So based off that, what do you think the critics scored it? Um, I mean, I'll probably hate it either way, so... Uh... I'll go with an 83. You're too high, significantly too high. Yeah, I know. Ironically, the critic score is a 69%. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, On 150 reviews and an average score of 6.3 out of 10, the audience score is an 85%. Nice. On 250,000 ratings and an average score of 4 out of 5 or an 8 out of 10. Nice. Which is much better. Yes. Agreed. Kind of surprised that it's not a high critic score. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Because it, but I mean, maybe these critics are, are like Wall Street. 
people. So maybe they're not happy with how they're being portrayed in the film. Yeah. I mean, 2000, you had Y2K, everyone was prepping for the end of the world, you know? That's right. They, they had other things to worry about back then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the year 2000, like in movies, like, can you even name another movie that was released in 2000? In the year 2000? Like, it feels like other like 99 and like 2001, like you remember movies, like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's true. Let's see. Um, but uh, while you're looking that up, uh, Letterboxd has a 3.9 out of 5. So pretty similar to uh, the average in uh, IMDb. Um, I give it a 5 out of 5 on Letterboxd, obviously. Uh, Mark gave it a 4.5 very respectable yeah. i like it um a nightmare pod give it a three out of five uh jensen we're just gonna skip his score um, oh god would no, he give it a 2.5 <laughs> what the fuck uh john from porcelain peak gave it a four slosh and captain gave it a three out of five and screaming cinema gave it a five out of five nice um the year 2000 was a good year for movies man oh was it yeah we had The Beach with Leonardo DiCaprio. Haven't seen it. <laughs> we had What Lies Beneath with Harrison Ford and Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, sorry, real quick. Did you know that uh, Alex Garland wrote The Beach? Yes, I did know that, actually. Yeah. yeah. Pretty cool. Um, one of your favorite movies, The Cell, came out in 2000. Not one of my favorites, <laughs> but I mean... <laughs> um, Snatch came out in 2000. That's a good one. Uh, really 2000 yeah wow okay uh road trip okay yeah the perfect storm i haven't seen that a long time great movie though uh castaway damn really almost famous scary movie that came Uh, out in 2000 yeah yeah i was 10 years old when that came out yeah i remember renting that like when you could still like on your satellite wow. dish, like you could rent a pay per view movie. That's crazy. Two thousand. I would yeah. never have guessed that, honestly. Yeah. Uh, Unbreakable, Little Nicky, Gone in sixty seconds, Pitch Black, uh, Hollow Man. Fuck, we're, we're old man. Holy Fa- shit. Final Destination was two thousand. Really? Yeah. Battle Royale was two thousand. Remember the Titans? Jesus. Okay. Okay. Dude, where's my car? Aaron Brockovich, me, myself, and Irene. ginger snaps like holy fuck man the list just goes on and on and on x-men didn't know that all came out in 2000 yes so we take that back 2000 was a great year for movies all right all right you ready for the scary section yes sir okay what did you give for a scare rating uh, for scary, I gave it a two out of ten. Uh, not so much a horror to me, and this movie is more of like a dark comedy. Uh, some of the kills were cool, a lot of gore and blood. Um, Patrick, like when he is in those crazy scenes, uh, he's pretty scary. Um, actually, I'll jump up to a three out of ten. I think uh, just for like that chainsaw scene and like just the way he turns, like it's crazy. Uh, scary scene. Uh, this was kind of hard to pick because really isn't like any like scary scene. I said the scene with the hookers and like the clothes hanger. Okay. So it just like has you thinking like 
what did he do like to send her to the emergency after that mm-hmm. and like she has to get surgery like yeah ish, i don't want to know mm-hmm. and then what i survive i said um if i was in that final scene probably not he's just so unhinged in that final scene mm-hmm. that literally anyone could die except for like the one guard he doesn't kill he just like Goes up and he thinks he's gonna kill him, but he just pulls out a pen. And yes. <laughs> yeah. What was you? Uh, my scare rating, I gave it a three out of ten. Okay. Uh, I said Bateman isn't as creepy as a lot of serial serial killers we've seen, but his switch flips from Wall Street protege to a serial killing Rico Suave so quickly that you never know what he's going to do next. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said the kills are very brutal and very intimate as well. Uh, the scariest scene I said, I would have to say when he kills the dog. Um, okay. I know we don't really see it happening, but we know what happens obviously. And it just goes to show like how much further he's sl- slipped into like full blown psycho. Yeah. Plus like knowing, knowing that something more happens in the book with that scene. Like I've already, I don't know exactly what happens, but I know that it's a lot worse. And I know that she had to make some like Mary, um, Mm-hmm. Uh, Heron. Heron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She had to like make some cuts to um drop the rating down a little bit. Yeah. So I'm wondering if this movie actually had more of a brutal scene for that scene. Possibly. Yeah. Um. But anyways, yeah. So I'm gonna go with that. Plus, nobody likes to see animals getting killed. No. No. Uh, would I survive? I said, as I was thinking about this one, I said, yes, because he only kills women and people that piss him off. But towards the end, he really is just killing anybody. Um, so if I catch him on a bad day, there's a damn good chance I'm catching a chainsaw with my spinal cord. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm not a rich socialite either. Like I'm not going to be in with his friends or anything like that. <laughs> so I could be fucked. All right, all right, very nice. It's time. Or (laughs) let me stretch. (laughs) I've been sitting in this chair for a while. It's time for Loomis's villain evaluation. This is part two, as I've mentioned a few times this episode. I met this six year old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. I spent eight years trying to reach him, and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. So we are going to give each other scores for Patrick and average them out and see how he does up against Henry from Henry henry portrait of a serial killer yeah um we said last week that we think this is going to be a lot closer than we probably initially anticipated Mm -hmm. um after doing my scores i'm not too sure how it's gonna do i i think agree but hopefully we're on the same side (laughs) i think someone is going to have edge yeah anyways give me your scores all right I just want to say this is all on the preface that he actually did these murders. (laughs) Might as well. All right. So for my strength, uh, I give him a 20 out of 30. 
I said, any person that can do a thousand ab crunches must have some sort of strength. <laughs> uh, he's always working out and staying in shape. Also, we didn't mention how much did you love him working out to Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Fucking loved it, man. Fucking great. So amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, as for his kills, he doesn't really show like how he'd be like hand to hand in a fight. Mm. Um, like as with Henry, like he's very unsuspecting. So like you don't really see his strength in the in like when he's like killing someone, but like the dude works out. So like mm-hmm. he's definitely strong. Yeah. Uh dexterity, I give him an 18 out of 30. Um I think I described this right, but I mean, who cares? Uh I said he uses his appearance and personality to really blend in and seem non-threatening. The way he talks to people, like very calm, like makes them feel safe with him. So I feel like that's kind of way like it's not like agility, but like I don't know, he just uses that suave to like kind of like slide into people. I don't know, man. Okay. I don't know if you're feeling what I'm throwing, but I consider that charisma, but <sighs> okay. <laughs> you do you man Ugh. fuck it leave it your score is very close to mine for dexterity i'll say that is it okay yeah. okay then my description just sucks okay. yeah <laughs> um constitution to give a 16 out of 30 okay. uh, i said patrick is in shape no doubt about that he hasn't seemed to be tired when he's chasing like the prostitute um, but he is sweating profusely and out of breath at the end. But I don't know if that's like just for him being tired or coked out of his mind. <laughs> uh, wisdom, we gave him a 16 out of 30. Uh, I said, uh, like previously stated, he uses his good looks and personality to seem non-threatening. Um, he knows what and how to kill people from his previous kills. Like, his apartment is set up perfectly. Like he has like everything, like just like set up precise mm-hmm. of like what he needs. He's like Dwight Schrute. Yeah. <laughs> He's exactly. got weapons all over his house. <laughs> uh, I gave his intelligence a 13 out of 30. I said, yes, he's like a smart banker guy, but I mean, his it's his dad's business. So how smart is he really? And like, I find you don't really see too much of his intelligence. Like, their conversations with the group it's like you don't learn anything they're just talking shit about people the whole time like mm-hmm. they have nothing smart to say mm-hmm. and like at the end whenever ron reagan is like talking and um bryce asks him like like bateman what do you think about all this and bateman just like says like uh whatever like mm-hmm. he has no input on anything so yeah uh 11 to 30 okay. and then charisma i did have this very high but I changed it down to a 22 out of 30. Okay. And like, I did have it at a 28, but I got thinking that like his charisma, whenever he's like killing people or in like that zone, it's like high, but whenever he's like sitting with his friends, he's very quiet and doesn't say much. He's just like observing everyone and everything around him he doesn't have much to say to the conversation. So like, that's why I brought it down a, uh, a bit. Okay. So yeah, 22 out of 30. All right. 
<clears throat> what about you? Uh, my strength, I gave him a 22. I said, dude is jacked. Uh, he's still just a regular human male with no supernatural strength, but this guy is like fucking peak, <laughs> peak alpha male. <laughs> yeah. Um, like you mentioned, he does a thousand crunches a day and like, yeah, dude looks insane. Um, dexterity or agility. I gave him a 16. I said, we see him jump over beds a lot and run down hallways, but we don't really see him exposing any major agility skill. So I just yeah. kind of put him like middle of the middle of the pack. Like we yeah. know he, he obviously has some sort of agility, like with the way that he is, but we don't see like a, mm-hmm. a big showing of it. Um, constitution or endurance. I gave him a 20. Okay. Um, I said, we can assume that his insane workout regime includes some sort of cardio. And we also see him have sex for a very long time with two women without missing a pump. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, that takes some endurance, uh, intelligence. I gave him a 28. Wow. Okay. We were way different. Yeah, we were. <laughs> I said, dude is a wall street worker and a Harvard graduate. He can't be dumb. Yeah. Okay. I, I, maybe I went too low. Maybe he just has social anxiety and he doesn't feel like talking to the, to the guys that he's with. Yeah. I don't know. Um, wisdom, I gave him an 18. Um, I said he kills Paul and makes it look like he fled to another country and then used his name later on when having sex with the two escorts. Like He just kind of set up this whole uh, elaborate mm-hmm. scheme sort of thing. Um, he does get a little messy towards the end of the movie with his kills and trips up quite a bit when talking to uh, Willem Dafoe's character about Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where I kind of dropped it off a little bit. And charisma, I gave him a 28, like you had mentioned. Yeah. Uh, I said Bateman uses every trick in the book to befriend his male counterparts as well as well as get any woman he wants in his bed on more than one occasion. Like he even gets Christy to come back. Like he offers her a big chunk of money, but still like he's able to persuade her into coming back to his apartment. Um, We were wrong. This matchup is very one-sided. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. You ready? Yeah. Okay. For strength, Patrick beats Henry twenty-one to eighteen. Wait. Oh, I did. I did wrong math. Oh my god. My math sucked. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I didn't even catch that. I was like, "There's no way it's that close." For strength, uh, Patrick beat Henry twenty-one to thirteen. Okay. Uh, dexterity patrick wins 17 to 10.5 for constitution patrick wins 18 to 14 for intelligence patrick wins 20.5 to 10 for wisdom henry wins 18 to 17 oh shit that was a close one that was a close one uh and charisma patrick wins 25 to 11.5 yeah So it was a five to one stomping of Henry. I think, yeah, we we had a good time with Henry. We gave him some pros. We're like, okay, this guy might have a chance, but uh, definitely spoke too soon. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, But yeah, 
yeah it was a stomping um yeah but it was good we had fun yeah i i enjoyed this one i liked that we that it wasn't like anybody fucking crazy it was just two dudes duking it out it was yeah classic real real tale of the tape um i just take a movie no i didn't (laughs) (laughs) i forgot to ask you i even thought about it today too i was like oh yeah i need to i need to pick a movie um let's see what we can do here oh i have one all right Let's watch Random Acts of Violence. Okay. I'm down with that. Ghost. Holy shit. The ghost didn't like my suggestion. (laughs) Maybe it's my... Is it my phone that does it? Something on your end. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. You cool with that? Random Acts of Violence? Yeah, I'm down. Yeah. Sweet. Okay, cool. I promise I'll be more prepared next time. <laughs> All right. Anyways, yeah. So next month or next week, we're going to talk about random acts of violence. Um, next month is going to be very weird because Brooke, you're gone away for two weeks. So yeah. we're going to be uh, re- doing double recordings each week uh, just to kind of fill out the whole month. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be odd. So our episodes might feel like they're a little bit different, but we're going to try and and make them as natural as possible. Yeah. Yeah. but uh, yeah so starting off the month of august i can't believe i'm saying that august we're almost through summer uh we're gonna talk about random acts of violence yeah i'm excited after a couple years since i watched it yeah yeah it's got a dude jay baruchel in it yeah um and uh, wade mcneil yes yeah if anyone, no one probably knows who that is off the top of the name but from alexis on fire you yeah fuckers and, uh, gallows the gallows uh, no i don't know i don't know if it yeah, is anyway. anyways um but yeah anyways i had a great time with uh this face off i've already mentioned that um really enjoyed both movies you opened my eyes a little bit more with henry you blew my mind a little bit with uh um, american psycho well i am here man <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah Anyways, cool. thank you guys for listening. Um, if you want to catch us on social media, you can find us at Podcast on Elm Street on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. If you click the link in our bio on Instagram, you'll find links to our T Public account where we have our merch. There's also links to our Patreon account if you wish to support the podcast that way. There's also links to both of our individual Letterboxd accounts, which you saw at the beginning of this episode if you're watching this episode, not listening mm-hmm. to it. Um, and there's a link to our Discord server and anywhere that you can listen to it. So, All right. yeah. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll catch you next week. See you later. <laughs>